I've been listening to more podcasts mm-hmm. and then driving back and forth from uh, from Fayetteville. I hadn't been on an active military base ever. So I had to get like a day pass to get to the hockey rink and stuff really? like that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, a lot of what a lot of folks are doing now, they are they're doing free podcasts, essentially. And then one of the episodes a week is like a Patreon or Substack subscriber exclusive. And some of the Substack stuff ends up being not like a extended mailbag, but it's essentially people who are paying basically get to dictate what it is. Drive the bus. Free for all Friday. Basically, yes. <laughs> there are no new ideas, Joe. <laughs> there never will be. There will never be new ideas. It's all just remixes. <laughs> Where's my... <laughs> the remix! Remix! Of all these radio bits! Anyway, you ready? Yeah. We'll do it live. OG. 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 Golly. Gosh, OG. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. It's a lot of 2024 problems on the horizon. A couple of weeks till Christmas, a couple of weeks till New Year's. And you're thinking about how 2024 is going to play out. You want to save some money? Really easy way to do it. Print and management costs. So get that assessment right now at copiers-plus.com. So I discovered a way to make the Carolina Panthers way more entertaining, way more entertaining product than what you're seeing right now at what? One and 12. What'd you do? Do tell. I just listened to the radio call. Buddy, Jake DeLome is sick. (laughs) Jake DeLome cannot stand what he is watching. Anish, like all the promise in the, oh man, Bryce, here we go. He's broken, man. I don't know if you, because I, I I went to Fayetteville uh, twice this weekend for uh, for Junior Kane's hockey, and I was listening to uh, Rock ninety two. They're, they're the people with the two guys named Chris. I got originally wanted to name the show two guys named Joe. Okay, I realized ah crap, there's a show out there in the triad called two two guys named Chris. Can't do that. Anyway, so I'm listening to the Panthers broadcast, and I look. I'm gonna give. The Panthers radio broadcast a lot of credit because you know how it is in this world, man. The owners, management, they do gotta, not yeah, want criticism. Step lightly on some of you that. You really do. Not the Panthers because that and that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up to illustrate the point that the Panthers are so pathetic right now that not even the radio, the radio broadcast can hide it. And I don't think they're going to get any flack from David Tepper or anybody else in the Panthers organization because you just go back to them like, well, what are we supposed to say? We supposed to BS people. We're all watching this. You all see this crap. And it's like, again, I feel like I should reach out to Jake, but I don't want to like, I'm, I'm sure it's like touching a nerve right now. How bad the Panthers are just like, and having to like Julie, our friend Julian council over at locked on Panthers, man, my dude's got to talk about the Panthers five freaking days a week on top of doing a reaction to that. I don't envy you, man. Like, how do you watch that? And just go, all right, well, what's the new entertaining way we could talk about the Panthers being bad? So as I'm driving back and I'm listening to the first half in the car, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how the hell are we going to talk about this? 
And I, and I think uh, the only way to spin it, I guess, is a variation of what you've been saying for the last few weeks. The Panthers need a fast forward button because what you're seeing right now gives you no indication about anything. I mean, Chris Tabor, I forgot Chris Tabor was the guy in Chicago. Remember the double doink when Chicago went through all that business about like, we got to find a kicker. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they had like this ridiculous, ridiculous, like super secretive audition where they pumped in crowd noise. I'm like, man, you just missed a kick. Like right. it happened. No, it was it actually doink. It was actually blocked. Was it blocked? It was tipped. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So I forgot like the, Tabor. That poor guy. That poor kicker. Like they're ready to string him up. I forgot the Tabor was, was tipped. I forgot the Tabor was a special teams coach. And that's and that was probably the most pathetic aspect of, of Sunday, where you are the special teams coach. You that's your job. And they clowned you, resulting in a touchdown. Because it wasn't like the Saints were really doing much to win that game. It's not like Derek Carr was really inspiring any confidence. The The Saints also dared the Carolina Panthers to throw it down the field, knowing full damn well they don't have wide receivers that can make a catch. And in making matters worse, uh, and I caught this, I actually caught this on TV, where you know Mingo's wide open, just wide open, and could have made it a game, and Bryce Young misses him. So anything that could go wrong for the Carolina Panthers has gone wrong for the Carolina Panthers. And it's breaking people, man. It's really breaking people. You know how I feel about point differential. Yeah. And and you could sit here and say, duh, Joe, the Panthers are one at 12. Yes. They're the worst team in the NFL. Yes. Minus 144. Worst point differential mm-hmm. in the NFL. They need to get a new GM. They yes. need to restructure whatever they're doing. Yes. Their, their last, the, it is time potentially to move on from, Kiaquanu. Mm. He's not good. Mm. I mean, you try in the offseason. So you, so you don't think okay, so you don't you think try it's in a, the offseason. I, I think they're identifying he was good last year. I, well, they, they had a very specific way that they wanted to play. And he was always good at run blocking. And at NC State, he was not good at pass blocking. Okay. All right. So all right. I, I think they've identified the wrong players at the top of the draft, which was the one thing that always saved them. Mm-hmm. So you need a new GM, you need a new structure, you need the owner to get out of the way. You need a new coach. You, you, you have to try to save this quarterback. It's not. It's it's too soon to give up on this quarterback. I I, I agree. And, with and you he's on not that. inspiring confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's playing poorly, and for the first time in his life, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. It happens. Everyone is entitled to struggle and find their way out of those struggles. They gave up too much to get him to move on from him mm-hmm. after one year. So their priorities need to be getting a better general manager and talent evaluator, putting a better structure in place that David Tepper can't just come in and be like, Hey, you know, it'd be a really good idea for us to run a three, four. Like we're like, a, we're like a half a day away from Richard Nixon calling plays on Monday night football. Like just, you know, somebody, it happened. <laughs> Look it up. No, I, know. I was like, that. it took me a second. I was like, like deep cut, Joe, t- deep cut. You talk about calls coming from inside the building. Right. Like, this guy's going to put Matt Canada in charge and ask for the jet sweeps. Oh, like, geez. Come on, Don't man. do that. Don't do that. The, so, the Panthers fans are in a very fragile place right now, man. an entire reset. Yes. And in, other than the one position, they need yes. an entire reset. I would move Burns. I would move everything that you could move that's possibly capable of being moved. And I would just say cap space is an asset. Mm-hmm. And then that's the way that you have to approach this offseason. I'm glad you brought up the Bryce Young aspect of this because I got Gville Tarheel, who's always in my mentions. Shout out to G. Matt, Tarheel. Yeah. Matt, man. And he's like, Bryce has been terrible this half, to put it nicely. That Mingo overthrow was a must and it was an atrocious throw. Okay, a couple things. I'm not going to absolve the throw. It was, it was a bad throw. 
And uh, I think Jake DeLome probably put it best. I mean, Jake was trying to spin it the best he could on the radio broadcast. He's like, look, man, that's a confidence thing. Like you've, you, your confidence is shot because I would say this to Matt or anybody else who just wants to hyper fixate on that throw. Who's to say Mingo would have caught it? Yeah, <laughs> because there were a lot of other instances. They should, they should actually probably take a look at not playing Bryce at this point. That was because I don't think there's any development to be had. Yeah, under the current staff, the way that it's situated with the skill players that they have. Yeah, and the offensive line that they have. Um, I was I, adamant. I, you know, I, I'm, I was adamant about not sitting Bryce. Let him go. I through underst- it. I understand your point, that, and yeah. there's a way to learn. But I think you and I agree the number one goal for this season should should be to not break Bryce Young. Yes. And if that means to not play, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because you fired the coach. You don't have the skilled players. You're, you know, Miles Sanders out there high-stepping on one of these runs. I wanted to go out there and throttle him. <laughs> Where the hell's that been all year? Frank right. Wright's probably looking for it too. Um, you know, they're just, they're a, they're a deeply flawed team that in, in the, in the absolute worst division in football is somehow one in 12. Dude, it's funny where you can go back and you can say we were right about stuff. The idea that the Carolina Panthers could compete in the NFC South was absolutely true. Compete absolutely and win the league with, with eight wins. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to have, you are going to have an NFC South champ that is going to host a playoff game yeah. again and get with a losing record. Smoked by the Cowboys, smoked. but that's yes. okay. <laughs> it happens. It does happen. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, I want to buy a round for the Panthers radio broadcast crew, man. I want to buy a route of graffiti for them. Come on we down. Yeah. Let's buy you some bourbon, guys. You have earned it. I don't even know if they drink. Doesn't matter. Here, mm-hmm. you want to get some aggression out? Throw axes if you have to. That's what you might have to do. So head on over to downtown Cary. It is gorgeous this time of the year in downtown Cary. They got all the stuff up for Christmas. And there's a lot of great new things that are opening up down there. Make it a night and start it at graffiti where you can have a great time drinking bourbon, Break even night on Tuesday as well. You get bourbon at their cost. It's really great stuff. You mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. And we're in that part of the cycle. We are, man. (laughs) You've seen the meme. You've seen the meme where everybody's super hyped up about stuff, right? (laughs) And I think there's I think there's like there's a couple of things where I'm gonna have to come off my initial thought about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles having a rematch in the Super Bowl. Because uh, the Eagles have largely been the same. And the reason why I've been confident in the Eagles is they've been finding ways to win despite the fact that they're not looking like world beaters. I, I give you credit for finding ways to win. And they've gone through a very the difficult... Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. Oh, their schedule's been... Their schedule's been brutal. <laughs> they've been brutal. And this is now two weeks in a row where they've been outclassed by NFC top-tier opponents. The, the the 49ers, obviously, and now with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott seems to be in his zone. And there's serious, Don't let me in my zone. There's serious consideration for the MVP. But here's my problem with the Dallas Cowboys. To your point, it's the cycle. I want to see the Cowboys do this when it really matters. I'm going to give them credit that they put the hammer down on an NFC East opponent in a very competitive uh, NFC year again, because the AFC continues to be a, an absolute mess. So the NFC being as difficult as it is, it you do prove something in the way that you go out there and you beat some of the best teams. But what is their what is their postseason record? How do things play out once December comes to a close? How are you looking in January? Right now they're doing that thing, but to your point, Joe, that cycle, man, the Cowboys fans, the Cowboy Nation thing, it's in that that cycle where they're gonna get they're gonna get ready to get let down. You know it's going to happen because that's what always happens to the Cowboys. 
And then you got the Chiefs. So the Chiefs, I think they've lost, what, four of their last six. And they have been in close games that have come down to some questionable officiating at the end of the game. Last week against the Green Bay Packers, they had a call that benefited them when they threw a flag on a ridiculous uh, roughing the passer or late hit on Patrick Mahomes. He was clearly still in bounds. And of course, there was the makeup call and that they didn't throw a flag on an obvious pass interference on Pack Pro MVS. Fast forward to this past Sunday, close game, ridiculous play from Travis Kelsey throwing or throwing it back to Kadarius Tony. Tony scores the touchdown, but no flag on the play. He was offsides. He was lined up offsides, and this caused our guy Patrick Mahomes to lose his mind after the game. This is the audio picked up by a local television station as he's embracing Josh Allen, who's been going through it this year. I'm sure the last thing Josh Allen wanted to hear after the week the Buffalo Bills have had, given Tyler Dunn's reporting on behind-the-scenes magic with Sean McDermott, that he wanted to hear this. wildest call he's seen and then he continued after the game explaining more about man this is this is my favorite part about Patrick Mahomes you know look man the call's the call but let's think about the children let's think about the game that I love you should I mean it's I mean, obviously tough to swallow um I mean not, not only for for me but just for football in general I mean just to take away greatness like that I mean for a guy like Travis to make a play like that and who knows if we win, but as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it's, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended – another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. Patrick, what, what do you – Black of Bear Tournament made it boil over. Was it that itself or was it the it's the call, man. Just in that moment, I mean, it's it's not even for my, myself or for me. It's just I know how much everybody puts into this game, and for it to to happen on a flag change outcome of a game um, in that moment. I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's the we that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called, and if it does, do you, they warn you, and there was no warning throughout the entire game, um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's just tough, man. It, it, I mean, lost words, man. It's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end of, with another game, and we're talking about the refs, man. It's just not what we want for the for the NFL and for football. Think of the game. Think of the moment. Think about what we're doing to the game. I love. I've never seen. He's right, by the way. Typically in these situations, typically in these situations, if you're lined up offsides, you get a warning. Andy Reid talked about this after the game as well. Um, the pandemic rules that you love to bring up all the time. Yeah, but this, this that's is what a, happens. This is a procedural penalty. No, I understand. You you can't yada 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 procedural penalties. You can keep your flag in your pocket. You can, as they did in the entire second half of the AFC championship last year, I will remind you. Yes, they did. While the other team incurred five penalties mm -hmm. and you had none, none. Yeah. 
None. Nobody wants to hear the wanting from Patrick Mahomes. None. I just wanted I just wanted to make a really quick point about the procedural penalty. You're right. He was offside. No, you check with the ref. Yes. You check. There's, that's there's why they're upset. They're, that they're, they're, what they're saying is, out of if you take a thousand snaps mm -hmm. in 999 of those snaps, mm -hmm. if you say to the ref, "Hey, am I good?" and he says, "Yes, no, back up, take back a step, up, right. up, do this, do that," all in the, the span of mm -hmm. two seconds, mm -hmm. right? So yes, I, I get that frustration. Like there's point. holding on every play, that kind of right. thing. And there's offsides in every play, but there's warnings, et cetera. There, there is a frustration there as as a as a football lifer for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I get that. But when you go back and you look at it and you go, well, he was only slightly offsides. Well, he, he was offsides. Still though. pregnant. Okay. No, but the, yeah. so here's what's really going on. It's not about the play, man. It's not about that. It's not about whether they flew, they threw a flag or not. Because as you pointed out, you can easily retort, not just to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, any championship level team that oh, complains yeah. about the officiating. Oh, do we really want to get into the semantics of who got the calls right and who got them wrong? Right. Because right? every championship team gets breaks. I think what's happening with, with Patrick Mahomes is that there's a frustration level that's finally boiling over with a team that has not been able to get right offensively. They've been winning some weird games. And it's funny, you and I, before I hit record, on the podcast today, I did joke with you. I said, hey, turns out you were right about the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyreek Hill. Funny way of them winning a Super Bowl along the way. But it looks right. like those issues about playmakers. Now, they've got like Rice has come up. But the Kadarius-Tony experiment has been a level of frustration for the Chiefs that knows no ends. And I think this was the boiling point over where here's a guy who has an incredible amount of talent, but makes some really silly mistakes that end up costing him games like it did last night. Yeah. You want to be mad at somebody, Patrick Mahomes, be mad at your receiver. Yes. Who lined up offsides. Yes. That that's the person to be mad at now to, to rehash mm -hmm. the chiefs gave away one of the what five decent playmakers in the NFL He's right an now MVP candidate because right let now. me tell you we had another one of those games this weekend between the Vikings and the Raiders where I'm seriously questioning what in the world I mean we're going full Vince Lombardi on a on two teams that scored three points what the hell's going in on the here NFL well, in 2023 it does in a controlled environment by the way it wasn't like it was in the snow it wasn't like there were 40 mile power gusts of wind yeah. It wasn't a fog bowl. It was just sheer incompetence. Mm -hmm. And how are we here? That We had two games this week that went to half with no points. Right, right. But part of it's the Jets. Okay, fine. But like, what is the, what are the Raiders and Vikings excuse at this point? So that, it's funny. And how is up. the league not, not, how are they not behind closed doors right now going? We have a serious problem. Because the money's good. I, the money's good and the ratings are good. I just got an email newsletter from Front How Office Sports. Can the ratings be good for this because we crap. don't because we accept it. That's why the Ravens Rams game was awesome. It was like one of the first oh, good games I've ending. seen all year. The, and the Chiefs Bills game was entertaining mm -hmm. as well. So it's funny you mentioned the offense because I had jotted this down too about going back to the Carolina Panthers, right? And I can sit here and just blast. I could put the Panthers on blast all day. And they are pathetic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to absolve what we're seeing out of the Carolina Panthers. But when you take a step back from the inability for them to offense at all, to your point, look at the rest of the league. We're in a world where we are rehashing Joe Flacco elite takes without hesitation. The Browns named him the starter after this. You bring up Zach Wilson. 
Shout out to one of our listeners who pointed out a photo that was taken after the game where Robert Sala is embracing Zach Wilson, the will he or won't he engage with the quarterback. And you can see Aaron Rodgers with the sad face. Now, I think that was just Aaron Rodgers in a bad, you know, just you caught, you caught a face in a moment. It doesn't mean anything. But, you but you know, me knowing Aaron Rodgers, he's probably thinking, damn it, put a dollar in there. I know, fine, man. I'm not supposed to be talking I'm about I'm just him. bringing it up in the context of where we are offensively. <laughs> And we all have these moments. There was the Josh. Remember Josh Dobbs was the hot shit for like two weeks. Hey, hey, we get Tommy DeVito tonight. We get cutlets hey, at home tonight. Are you making the chicken a parmesan? Let's go with the Tommy DeVito. Now, and then we got, what is it? Uh, Jake Browning, the second coming of Joe Burrow in, in Cincinnati. Since, but that's what we're doing. It's almost like the coach matters. and The guy calling the plays matters. Weird, right? What? But my point is. You're looking Not at every possible. every couple of weeks we're having this like, look at this great story. <laughs> no, man, this is bad where you really are scraping. This is these are C and D level stories of any scripted show. Like you watched which, which shows did you actually this watch? This is when you got Ian Zaring and Steve Sanders on. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Not Kelly. Nope. It's not Brenda. It's like, wait a minute. Why are they, why are they spending what's time? What's Steve and Andrea? What are they up to? What, why are they spending time on these two characters right now? Oh, they're just, they're padding time. That's what these stories are. That's what the Browning C is. Story arc. That's yeah. what Joe Flacco is. I mean, I'm guessing, uh, did you watch The Sopranos? I'm sure there was. I feel was like some, the Browns have like the best wins in the NFL this year. They kind of do. Yeah, they, and with a variety. <laughs> with, and they cut, they just cut PJ Walker too. They? The XFL oh, Mahomes. Ah. Brutal, right? So I asked Cold World, man. I asked Chat GPT to write a song about breaking up with officials. Okay. This is what it spit out. In the stadium of love, we had our game. But you were the ref, always shifting blame. Flags flying high, throwing yellow rain. But I couldn't stay. I had to break the chain. That's really clever, actually. That's a pretty that's that's a bar from ChatGPT. This is the pre-chorus. You blew the whistle on our love affair. Thrown Ooh. a flag. Said it's beyond repair. I'm leaving the field. Don't need your call. I'm walking away. Breaking free from it all. And then the chorus. I'm breaking up with the NFL official. No more flags. No more issues. Our love was a game, but now I'm done. I'm leaving the field. Our race is run. And then in the second verse, you reviewed our love like it's under review, but I don't accept a Booth's point of view. Your penalties hurt, but my heart's not blind. I'm leaving the field, leaving you behind. <laughs> I'm telling you, people have been wondering about Taylor Swift and whether or not she's going to write a breakup album with Travis Kelsey, which Tony Romo mistakenly referred to Taylor Swift as Travis Kelsey's wife. Whoopsies. But anyway, the... The, it's not going to be about Travis Kelsey. It's going to be about Taylor Swift's new appreciation of the NFL and being NFL pilled by uh, Mahomes' wife. I forgot her name. I can't remember uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, but she did go viral because she had taken an Instagram story, zoomed in on the ref, and then captioned it MVP on the ref. They're feeling it right now in Kansas City, man. They're feeling it right now. To the flip side of this, it's very rich. Chiefs fans. I know. Very rich. I know. It's like when the New England Patriots fan. It's like it's like Tom Brady's new leaning into an old man. I think the latest is that Rob Gronkowski said that we could beat up Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a fist fight. Is that where we're where we're at right now? My dad could beat up your dad. On the other side of this, here's what I'm not going to do. Here's what I'm not going to do. 
I am not going to act as though the Buffalo Bills are a team that you can believe in because they beat the the the, the Chiefs this weekend. I'm not going to do it because it's a feast or famine with the Bills. And who's to say that Sean McDermott's motivational tactics work this week, but he might decide, hey, 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 he might go full, you got to hand it to the terrorists with another motivational speech. Okay, well, let's take Sean McDermott's misguided motivational tactics <laughs> misguided. out for just one second. You got to hand it to him, Joe. <laughs> they were great communicators. I mean, I mean they were they, they had a goal. There were so the many thing, historical examples that he could have used. I, uh, so many. So, there's so many examples he could have used so just many. from 9/11 that did not invoke the terrorists. So so many. Does he not have a guy on staff? So so no, not when you're getting ready but you know to my, talk to your team but you like, know my feelings on no this. that's when you're oh, that's, that's when, when you're, you're in, yeah like you but you know my feelings on this i feel like i feel like every nfl team every any organization had should have somebody on staff that can throw a red flag oh, in these situations yeah, like of whoa, common sense yes yeah like whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Our services whoa. To all are you sure you want to do that are you sure you want to do that no, but no, i'm not buying the bills no but no that's fine but let me give you where you should take some credit when it comes to the bills okay because you have this weird hate for Josh Allen. I do. Because you love Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen and Cam Newton are archetypes, similar archetypes, now, similar mind molds. You, mind you, Josh Allen has weapons that Cam Newton never had and then managed, for sure. to, and managed to piss them off like Stephon Diggs. For but sure. that's you know neither here nor there. For sure. But Got to fire Ken Dorsey because you can't fire Josh Allen, apparently. Here's where I just want you to acknowledge where you're right about Josh Allen. Yeah. When he does not turn the ball over, yeah, he had some lasers. Like he's, you know, giving this thing away like a club live when he's not Marvin Austin <laughs> getting the bottles. <laughs> right. Like when he when he takes care of the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He's special. Yeah. The question is when he tries to do too much as we've seen throughout the season and other years where he struggled, when he tries to do too much, that's when he turns the football over. That's when he has issues. When he plays like he the last two weeks, Joe, they've they lost to the Eagles in overtime and they beat the Chiefs. Like the last two weeks, they've been toe to toe. And by the way, he's run for three touchdowns. Because always remember with quarterbacks like Cam Newton, mm -hmm. quarterbacks like Josh Allen, quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, when the money's on the table, they need to run. They need to make plays. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, when the money's on the table, he needs to run. Mm -hmm. He needs to make plays. Mm -hmm. And when you try to be like, nope, just need you to sit back there, throw it 40 times. And it's like, it's a mistake. Let the talented player make plays with yeah. their talent. So that's where you've always been right about Josh Allen. What I would say to you, though, is and you've already said this on this podcast, that the AFC is wide open. It's totally wide open. Which I agree with. It's totally wide open. And and I thought the Chiefs still had to find a way to, to have a lock on it. I really did. Because I'm not I'm not going to discount Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to just I'm not oh. going to just I'm not going to discount Andy Reid. He's been doing Reed. for a really, really and long time. Like you said, coaching ultimately Coach matters. Him up. And it's one thing that I will pound the table on just because you don't have everything going for you. You still have to find other ways to win. And the Chiefs have been winning, winning some weird ones. But yeah. when you leave it to a call going one way or the other, well, that's on you. And that's what the Chiefs have been playing with fire. Baltimore is not cooperating right now. But you realize the one time, oh, man. the one time in his career that Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl mm -hmm. was not by accident. Mm -hmm. They were a wild card. They were not at home. 
They were playing in perfect conditions the entirety of the playoffs. Yeah. But we need to play when it's 30 below degrees and our dick falls off. No, you don't. You need to play with a super offense in super conditions. Would love to see the, the Chiefs path somehow go through Miami. Yeah. In that building. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be because that right. might redeem some of this stuff that we've seen during the season. Mm-hmm. If the playoffs could give us just a few games of interest, I, I would be grateful watching watching Lamar Jackson yesterday. I almost tweeted it, but I didn't feel like, oh, that aged really well. But when they got the ball back after the Rams had scored an unbelievable play by Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. They got the ball back, and I'm like, this guy's about to go lead them on a score and win this football game. And I'm going to be mad because we spent the entire February, March talking about, oh, what we are some of our friends back at our old place who are Colts fans. Mm -hmm. I don't want Lamar Jackson. Excuse me? (laughs) Huh? You're a Panther fan. No, I, 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 don't, I don't want that. Even if, even if you're the Panther fan who was standing on the wall screaming about CJ Stroud. Right. Why wouldn't you want Lamar Jackson? He missed four games when he wasn't being paid to play for the team that was shitting on him. Mm-hmm. Huh? What, what would you like now? What would you like now? The revenge of Lamar is coming. Have you filled out the OG media survey? Head on over to OGTriangleMedia.com. Please fill out the survey. Help us help you. We're looking for some cool things in 2024. Uh, it kind of depends on whether or not you care about those things that we think would be good ideas, right? So head on over to OGTrianglemedia.com. Fill out that survey. I'm rocking the uh, Breaking Tea hoodie today. This, this is the Ice Caps version of the Ovias and Julio hoodie collection. Head on over to breakingtea.com slash OG. We just dropped a new design a couple of weeks ago. It's the North Carolina flag OG instead of NC. We got Duke blue, NC State red, Carolina blue. Love all when in you there. go theater of the mind and describe it. I mean, showing you, it. Joe, you can take me out of radio, but you cannot take the radio guy out of me, man. You just cannot. So head on over to breakingtea.com slash OG. Give yourself the gift of Ovi's and Gilio this holiday season. And head on over to State Farm, Matt Davis, insuregarner.com, voginsurance.com, or call him directly at 919-779-8277. Speak directly to somebody, an actual human in the triangle, out in Garner, and take care of your house. I've been a State Farm Farm customer for years. Yeah, Matt's going to be busy today. Tornado ripped through the middle of Garner yesterday, right there on Woodland and Timber, and hopefully it was just damage to homes Mm -hmm. and some of the construction sites I saw too. Hopefully that's it. Um, they're you were, cl- you were close man. to it, man, right? Oh man. Uh, I was listening, was watching in real time on um, ABC and you, normally they're like, oh, at first they were like, oh, South Raleigh, this, that. And I'm like, Garner's not even on their map. Then all of a sudden, old stage road, oh. timber drive. I was like, hold up. <laughs> this, Thanks, man. We are like in my backyard. They're like McCullers Crossroads. I'm like, uh, where is this thing? Yeah. And then we saw when we went. So anyway, my point is you, you want the right insurance. And I know Matt is there for everyone today uh, in Garner at that touchdown pretty close to the Aversboro location there. So if you need help, you want to save some money. Obviously, in times like this, you, your number one thing is you're just trying to rebuild what you've lost. And, and that's what insurance is for. 
And obviously you're insuring your home. You might be looking for a new home and that's where hometown realty comes into play. Check them out. Myhtr.com. New construction. New construction is something that's been a focus right now as this area continues to grow. And that's where hometown realty has a level of expertise. You might hear us talk about new construction. You might understand that HTR is in more than 60% of their businesses in new homes. But here's what I didn't understand. Well, why does that matter? Other than, you know, I really want a new house, Mm -hmm. right? The dealers, the buyers are offering, the builders are offering deals. They'll even buy down a rate. So what you want to do is get in with the people who are in with the builders. That's Hometown Realty. Very awesome website. MyHTR.com. Manny Diaz was introduced as the next head football coach for the Duke Blue Devils on Saturday. Uh, I I got some reaction to my reaction last week to the initial report that things had been focused on Manny Diaz. I even FaceTimed my dad. You could hear my mom in the background going, that's a bad hire. That's a bad hire. And I will admit that my initial reaction to Manny Diaz and Duke is baked in, marinated in, if you will. A lot of Miami bias. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by Miami people. And unfortunately, if you also lived through the Chuck Amato era, well, his we'll, Miami teams were very much Chuck Amato without Phillip Rivers. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Don't do the thing where you're swayed because I'm not swayed. You saw some stupid interview. No, 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 no. Oh, no. God, man, he's really good at people. No shit. How the hell do you think he got here? Joe. Let's marinate and bake, shall okay. we? Okay. Shake and bake. Okay. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Shake, shake and bake. Shake and bake. Let's go. No, no, shake and bake. <laughs> you got to do the shake and bake. Did you not watch Talladega Nights? Shake and bake. Anyway, I hate it when people do that. What? He was really good in the press conference. And oh, did you know he so was good in Ryan McKee is really nice. And I, yes, these I are got all good text. things, man. I get it. I got a text from somebody who's close to many of these. And they saw my tweet. Where I was like Manny F and Diaz, yeah, and the the conversation was like I couldn't tell like are you, was that like yay Manny Diaz or oh Manny Diaz? I'm like no, it was more like oh, Manny Diaz. And here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing. My my reaction is mostly baked into Miami stuff, and I will be the first to admit that what exactly has Miami been for since Butch Davis left for the Cleveland Browns. You know my stance when it comes right. to the Miami Hurricanes. Miami thinks it's not a stepping stone job, even though the history of the Miami Hurricanes when they were running at their hottest was that they were a stepping stone job for coaches to jump to the NFL back when you could do that. Yep. Okay. Now it worked out for Jimmy Johnson. Didn't work out for Dennis Erickson. Didn't necessarily work out for Bush Davis, but you get my point. Dennis Erickson had a perfectly fine. He was career. fine. He was fine. Yeah. He was fine. He was fine. So Miami is a stepping stone job. And I know that Nina King, the athletics director at Duke, said what every athletic director wants to say. We are not a stepping stone job. You know, they're coming at this from having rebooted things with Mike Elko. And now they can, I mean, the fact that they're in the position to hire a, what I would call a name coach, which is what Manny Diaz is, a name coach, speaks to where Nina King and this athletic department and how they view Duke football going forward. So I'm going to give him a lot of credit for that. I just don't know if Manny Diaz is the right person for this job. Like my dad joked, everybody deserves a second chance. 
you're right. Everybody does deserve a second chance. I just don't know if Duke is the right place for Manny Diaz to get that second chance. Here's the thing. Mike Elko made a lot of sense when they hired him at Duke. Because look at Mike Elko's background. Mike Elko's background was essentially forged in the fires of smaller schools with Dave Clawson. Now, I understand that Mike Elko does not want to be viewed as a Dave Clawson protege. You and I have I've had to remind you from time to time when we talk to Elko, hey, 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 don't bring up Dave Clawson this time because he wants to be his own guy. Right. But I think it's fair to say, Joe, the reason why we would bring up Clawson is because there was almost like a one for one with what's going on at Wake Forest with Dave Clawson and what you could do at Duke. You need somebody who understands that it's not an overnight thing. You got to build, you got to have an identity. You have to find a, a different way to build that mousetrap in college football when you don't have the same access to the talent level that you can get at other places. So Elko made a lot of sense. Elko gave him a tough identity, which now is going to be a Texas A&M problem. Good luck trying to get them on that same kind of like, we're a tough football team that's going to win a different way. Manny Diaz is the antithesis of that. Manny Diaz has had a very blessed career that has had him be the coordinator at some very high-end places, okay? And I don't know if that background is going to fit him at Duke, where you don't have Texas money behind you and access to Texas recruits. You don't have Penn State level of commitment to football and access to what Penn State has access to. Even Miami, for all the warts that Miami has, operates at a different level, and it didn't work out. He's a really good coordinator, man. That 2017 season for the Miami Hurricanes, where he was a defensive coordinator, and they got to the ACC championship game, which they were outclassed by Clemson, but Clemson was at running at a different level than Miami. He gets a lot of credit for instilling yeah. life with the turnover chain and the messaging. And when Miami's good and fun, so is college football. So is the ACC. But man, he was 16 and 13 overall against power five teams as the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes with a talent level that is usually above what Duke has. Four and four against ranked teams. Oh, and three against Mac Brown, which, by the way, as a defensive minded coach, go look at those Miami, North Carolina games. They, I mean, they were shootouts. That's a problem for me. Yeah. A huge problem for me. So my, look, Miami people are going to tell you that he missed a lot in recruiting. He was okay in the transfer portal, but ultimately at a place like Miami, you have all this access and he was still missing on recruiting. You cannot afford to miss on recruiting at Duke. And those are my big picture questions for Manny Diaz coming to Duke to be the head coach. All right. So two things, Nina King's two for two on hires. Mm -hmm. That's what surprised me the juxtaposition of what Manny Diaz's background is and how that traditionally fits at Duke. Yeah. Listening to her comments during the press conference, though, there she's clearly viewing this as an NIL play. Okay. And that Manny Diaz and his background, we, which we still haven't outlined on this program, mm -hmm. his dad was the mayor of Miami. And this is how he got in with Chuck mm -hmm. Amato when Chuck was at Florida State. And Manny was like the weight assistant, weight training assistant at NC State mm -hmm. and just started working his way up the normal way most young assistants do. So his connection was to South Florida in recruiting specifically in Miami. Yep. There is a value to that, of course, obviously. Now, does that translate to Duke? Is he going to be able to go into South Florida and convince players who don't want to go to Duke mm -hmm. to go to Duke. Mm -hmm. So Nina is 
positioning this as a NIL play. That means a Duke needs to go ask the basketball program. Hey, can we have some of that AT&T money? Hey, can we have some of that EA sports money? They have money for football. Can we have some of that money for football? Not saying it can't be done there. She's thinking a step ahead. So I want to give her full credit for looking at this going. What you just said was the old way that Duke had to compete. Yep. She's looking at it going, how do we compete in the new world? Mm -hmm. And they, she believes Manny can unlock a different type of recruiting, a different type of NIL, all while having the same kind of identity on defense, because that was Mike's background as well, and maybe playing that way. But what they're underestimating in the way that I look at it, I don't think, and, and Ben over at uh, Bull City Coordinators has kind of been texting with me, and I said, you got to think of it this way. In the last two years, you haven't lost a football game because of your coach. Mm -mm. You haven't. And you're about to get into a bunch of coin toss games. And fair enough, people lose coin toss games. That's why they're coin toss games. But you're about to lose a bunch of games because of your coach. Yeah. Unless Manny has figured out how to do something completely out of character from what we've seen from him mm -hmm. and his mentor. I keep going back to Chuck Amato because He's the one who brought Chuck to the sideline in Chapel Hill and then paid a perfect homage to him just short of bringing Derek Morris off of the bus and jumping <laughs> off sides on every play. <laughs> Discipline. It was a clinic in bad coaching. Yeah. Think about that. He was out coached by Mac Brown. I know. Okay. That's why I brought, that's why I think brought about up, that. That's why I brought up the 0-3 record against Mac think, Brown at you. Think about that for a second. Yes. Okay. So that's where my, concern and I'm not and I, I think it's awesome that he has the background at ESPN I think it's awesome that his dad was the mayor of Miami which I would assume you have to have some political guile to achieve mm -hmm. right and you inherit gifts from your father I think all those things are great he's he's he can be a very good defensive coordinator in the right spot yes that doesn't mean he has been a very good defensive coordinator <laughs> no, like I mean, Mike Elko was at every single spot let's never <laughs> let's never forget let's never forget that he did get fired after the Taysom hill game at texas by right Matt Brown. and texas has a different standard there is i understand there is things. a different standard there but also there's you know, but I, I don't want to hear what i don't want to hear one of my favorite things i saw in the hiring of uh of manny diaz were some miami fans going ah, i can't wait to see manny diaz in duke blue get this awkward handshake after mac brown embarrasses him again what I don't want to hear, though, is about the Penn State prowess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. This, and this is why okay. All right. I, I watched way too many Big Ten games. I know this you year. did. I know you they did. They have exactly two football teams that are capable of playing offense in that league. Yeah. His defense was so bad mm -hmm. in one of those two games that Michigan did not throw a forward pass mm -hmm. in the second half of the football game. So don't give me Manny's going to come in here and scheme this thing up. He's not. That's not what's going to happen. You are perfectly in your right to tell me that he's going to come in. We're making an NIL play. We're making a recruiting play. We're rebranding Duke football. Fine. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling you, though, is Mike Elko schemed people up. You won games because of your coach. You're now going to enter the territory where you lose coin toss games and you're going to point the finger at one person. Let's see who the coordinators are going to be. I mean, I, I really, I mean, we know what defense hey, is going to be. It, but it, let's see who let's see, let's see who they bring in. Kevin Johnson, I'm all for that. That so, would be great. I'll be curious. I'll be a yeah, coup that for that.
Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out in downtown Raleigh, in Chapel Hill, and in Greenville. A lot of people have been hitting us up on social media. They're all in on the tots. We love to see that. Uh, you can oh, tots order, are amazing. You can order online. You can order ahead. Get your stuff. It'll be on time, hot and fresh, ready to go to take on home. So check out Wings Over in Raleigh. Yeah, if you're sitting Chapel there, if you're sitting there watching a three nothing NFL game, you might as well eat wings, bro, dude. Let's do this. Hook yourself up. It, Treat yourself. If you're going to be watching some terrible bowl games where you're going, wait a minute, I thought this guy was playing, but he's not playing. Oh, is another opt out? Oh, okay, cool. Well, do it while you're eating wings. Which gets us to UNC. One quick note before uh, we move on. Quick. To, whoa. I, you know, like there's, I don't. So Tez Walker. Quick. So Tez, so Tez Walker is opting out of the, the Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. I, now let's put, let's put the pieces together. Wait a minute. Mayo Bowl, Charlotte, Tez Walker. What, what, what was one of the bigger arguments that was being used to get him on the football field to, to you know, everything else? I guess the family and Charlotte and being closer to home. and extra. So here it is, this bowl game, and you're not but playing? He, he wrote a letter to the NCAA that basically said he's lived his whole life and he would mean a lot, mean the world to him to play in Charlotte in front of his family. But he's not now when the opportunity was there. I don't think he's a first round pick. Well, he's going to go to the, he's going to go to the senior bowl. If you're not a first round pick, I don't understand not playing. So here's, that's that's just me. Here's, here's me. Here's my, what was the guy who was the quarterback who ended up playing linebacker? He was like a third round pick. He's not in the league anymore. Surratt. Oh, Chad Surratt. Like when those guys sit out of ball games, I'm kind of like, so here's a couple of things about this. I, I'm going to remain consistent, man. You do what you need to do. If you feel to get sure, if you feel that in but if order, you're a first round pick, I totally get it. If you're not, I, but, but I don't, let's talk I don't about, necessarily get it. But let's talk about what the senior bowl really is. It's basically a big, long job interview where Matt rule can, can come and tell you like, you know, I'm going to coach. Don't tell me. Good job, coach. Thanks, yeah, coach. I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to coach you hard. Okay. Don't give, don't give anyway. me this coach stuff. Yeah. Thank you, coach. Yes, sir. Don't say, yes. don't, don't say that. I'm here to coach you hard. <laughs> anyway. Great moments. <laughs> Great moments in the Matt Rule history. In Matt Rule history. So the Senior Bowl should be the focus for a guy who wants to take his game to the NFL. And the Senior Bowl ends up being a place where you can probably elevate yourself based on it's one it's one yeah, long in job practice, interview. For in sure. practice, being around the right people and everything else. So I'm not going to fault him for that. I'm not going to fault anybody for not playing in a bowl game, honestly. I'm not faulting them. To I'm me, just saying there's, there's a is, difference when you're a first round pick and when you're not. In my own head. That's sure, all. sure, sure. The My... my cynical takeaway on this is that and it, I guess it gets back to our interview with Josh Stein last week North Carolina Attorney General who was a part of a lawsuit against the NCAA to get rid of these transfer rules altogether when you put these rules in place and you leave it to the NCAA to interpret all sorts of things that they should not be interpreting it leads you to throw the kitchen sink at everything and put yourself in a position where you can look hypocritical down the line. I think everybody understood. We want Tez Walker on the field because we think Tez Walker can help us win football games, right? I mean, yeah, it's not it's Carolina's not, it's, viewpoint. But this is true everywhere. It's not just yeah, yeah. about Carolina. I don't want to make this just about Carolina. I don't want to be viewed as a hater for Carolina because that's not what it, that's not what it is for me. For me, it is a yet another example of why the transfer rules are silly in their execution and having to go for all these waivers and come up with all sorts of excuses that puts you in a position where, oh, so it wasn't about this? Oh, like, yeah, we know. It was about getting on the damn football field, y'all. 
And that's what it should always be about. It's about playing. That's what you want to do. You want to win. And it's it's unfortunate that Tez has been put in this position where people can call him out for this kind of stuff. And you have these debates that go on and whatnot. And you kind of go, oh, what happened to all that? I hate that. I hate that for Tez. I think it brings out ugliness from people that is not needed in these situations. And you, there's a real easy solution to avoid all this crap where you're not second-guessing a player, you're not second-guessing yeah, family I, stuff. You just let them freaking play. Again, I'll, I'll ask you the same question that mm-hmm. I asked Justin. At what point is the NCAA's right to make their own rules interfere with the rules of society? Yeah. They made a rule that you're allowed to transfer once for any reason that you want for free. Don't mm-hmm. have to sit out. They yeah. changed that rule. Then they said on from from the schools themselves, including Mac Brown on the record, yeah. saying we need to cut down on the second the, the second time transfer. Okay. So if you made a rule, at some point you have to enforce the rule. Mm-hmm. To to your point, to, to intermittently in, enforce it when you feel like you it. You feel like it. Or because somebody's got a family member and they're playing the fiddle for you. That feels like a you problem. That's where we get into the aspect of consideration. And that's where, sure, you know, like these are, arbit- I, these are arbitrary I, rules with I zero consideration. I'm just with, saying, yeah. at and some point, they have, a light, they have the right to make their own rules. And they have, and people have the right to challenge those <laughs> the, rules to see if they make sense. This is not the lawsuit that I wanted them to be involved well, with. There's I wanted them to one, be involved yeah. with Dwayne Carter, mm-hmm. Duke defensive lineman, who's suing the NCAA along with a few other athletes because they're not being compensated as they should be. They should be have should they should have a share of the revenue that they help they they help generate that does not come without them participating in the sports that they do mm-hmm. that's the lawsuit i want to see the state of north carolina in not the the, the transfers the transfers feel it feels performative to me okay i could i could see that i, I can see that point of view and it's crazy low-hanging fruit too like Again, let's play the fiddle. Let's play the violin for for grandma. Hey, man, sometimes you got to take the wins where you can get them. (laughs) I understand. Trust me. I I do think I do think they actually are tied together in in, in the aspect of if you want those kinds of rules in place. To your point, what is the NCAA allowed to make those rules? Will you collectively bargain those rules? Yes. Okay. that with that, I agree. So if you want to make it so that, hey, man, you get one free transfer, that second one is a different situation. Well, you collectively bargain that with the guys who are playing the game and who are ultimately making the money for playing said game. And I think we're eventually going to get to that. And it's that's where all these lawsuits kind of work in tandem to get to where Charlie Baker's trying to get ahead of it by saying, all right, let's create this FBS plus because everything has to be a plus. Do we come out with an OG plus? Power is power, Joe. Yes, power is power. How about the power to create some comfortable hoodies and t-shirts? That's Homefield. They've got that power. They got some really cool retro-inspired designs. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com. I can't stress this enough as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Order now. Use the promo code OG23 when you order to save 15% off that order and get it in time for Christmas. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. OG23. And there's they have all kinds of deals going mm-hmm. on right now, too. So speaking of legal involvement, Whitaker and Hamer can probably do a collective bargaining agreement for you. 
they can represent you. Yes, they can. Right? That's what they have with their attorneys and counselors at law. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Who, who do have law degrees and can explain these things. Yeah. Maybe maybe they we can fight these it things. It might be time to do a show from Shady's, man, and uh and and catch up on past some of this due. legal stuff. Past due. Now we are past due to hang out at Shady's for sure. So check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. We're moving on. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I don't, maybe Anthony Davis needs to play every postseason game on a neutral court. Maybe yes. that's what he needs to do. Yes. Right? Oh, look at you. Yes. Little, little, little bubble ball yep. for Anthony Davis. That's how they won a championship. And now they're the first ever in-season tournament champ. And now yeah, they got to do something. I know they called it the NBA cup. Yeah. Just call it the Michael Jordan cup. Michael Jer- Jordan never won that cup though. Yeah, but he, so they the should name it competitor. But they should name it the LeBron James cup. Cause you know what? Well, he's still playing. I don't you know like what that. Michael Jordan never did Joe. Never lost in the finals. Obvious. He's also never been MVP of the in-season tournament. IST just, yeah, just it's, it, that sounds, sounds like an STD. IST. Actually, the first thing I thought about with IST was oh, you got some sort you got like IBS. IST does sound like some sort of side effect, you know, like, Oh, you've taken, you've taken some ridiculous screen Vera or something. right. All the weird names that throw, they throw a bunch of letters together to come up with some sort of name for a, uh, a pill. Yeah. It's like, if you're suffering from IST, um, yeah, but no, that, that side just, effects might include death. <laughs> well, death is a pre-existing condition, condition, Joe. But yeah, man, like I think the argument ender just happened this weekend. Michael Jordan never did any of this. LeBron James did, man. I will say I enjoyed the in-season tournament, but I was confused by it. And I think, yeah, this is a good way to start. Um, and I also would like it. Uh, what do you think? Do you, I would like it in the middle of the season. No. You're saying this is the way to kick off the season. If if you if you were so here's here's the thing about the in season tournament that and I find you, interesting. And if you would like to spin this forward to some to some of our pre existing oh, ideas about the ACC, we, will. we can we can try some of that too. So there, this is a class. My first thought on this actually was my first actual not like make, let's make LeBron James Michael Jordan jokes was yet another example of social media not translating into actual ratings. Okay, Mm -hmm. that social media is not the real world that you can get caught up in your bubble. And based on social media reaction to the in-season tournament and eventually getting to Vegas and having this game, a lot of folks are going, well, damn it. Adam Silver won. Adam Silver, when he's not randomly bringing up Henry Kissinger and Pat McAfee interviews, actually got this right. He got me to care about these games. And. You know, Meta brought a lot of influencers to Vegas. I mean, they got Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj bombs on threads. Like, that's a big get. So in that world, it was really being drummed up as a success. Like, man, it got me to care. But the ratings don't reflect that. The ratings for the in-season tournament essentially were slightly better than your regular season games between top-level opponents, not your, you know, nobody cares sure. about game between, I don't know, the Indiana Pacers and the... I don't know, the Houston Rockets, but we're, you get my point. So the ratings didn't necessarily reflect all of this positive buzz that I was seeing on social media. If I were to do this again, and they're going to do it again, and but also let's be clear about what this is. This is about creating an event for people to buy. This is something that Adam Silver clearly wants a streaming service to buy. 
They want these games on Amazon as an exclusive. They want these games. I think Netflix at one point was approached about carrying these games and Netflix was like, now nah, we're good. So it's about creating an event for the inventory. But I think the issue is trying to tie this to the regular season. At some point, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL have to admit that regular season inventory is simply not getting it done anymore. And scarcity is the reason why people will care about these types of things. So if I was to do this again, I would scrap the point of these being regular games that count towards the regular season. I would kick off. You have your preseason mm -hmm. and then you have your group play that happens on Tuesdays and Fridays to start the season. And it does not count towards the regular season at all. That all this is being built for the in-season tournament itself. Rename it to the tip-off classic. Rename it to the season opening, whatever. Whatever you want to call it but don't tie it to the regular season. Make it its own thing that won't create confusion with fans about, well, is this a game that counts towards group play? Is it not a game that counts towards group play? Oh, now we're in the elimination aspect of it. Just do your preseason, do the in-season tournament, hit the reset button, and on December 25th, casual NBA fans start to the season. That's when you start your regular season and then start leading up to the playoffs. If it reduces your regular season inventory, you've made up for it by having the in-season tournament. That's how I would do it. But, you know, they're, they're very loath to get rid of regular season games right now. I like the format. Yeah. But it is confusing. Yeah. When you're baking it into the regular season schedule, I will say that. You know, there is no rule that says you have to play 82 games, by the way. No. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's this you it's this arbitrary whatever you want. That it's we're like, your league. Well, we have to play 82. <laughs> no, you, you, you don't. And you can create different value for these games that will not eat into your revenue. But what remember, do I know? remember when the NHL went into a bubble and I told you, yeah, man, hey, moving your big, biggest event away from the NBA's biggest event is not the worst idea in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. Reconstructing your calendar is not the worst idea in the history of the world. I think that's where you and I could spin this forward to the ACC. Where you want to go play in the garden? Go play a tournament in the garden. Yeah, it doesn't have to be in March. Right. When the Big you, East has their you, tournament. You want to bring eight teams to the garden? Four of them old school ACC, four of them new school? Well, you know my thoughts. Do it. You know my thoughts on this. You want to go to Greensboro? And you do, do a split. Yeah. You do a split. You basically put your Big East adjacent teams at Madison Square Garden in December. Holiday. Call it whatever you want. I don't right. care what you call it. You know, you, you come back here, you call it the Big Four, if you want to call it, you know, just to kind of get the memories and you know, dust off the cobwebs for the old timers to come out to Greensboro Coliseum. But play, play it around Coliseum. Right? Yeah, you could do that too. Play it at Carmichael. Yeah, why not? Yeah, these are all great <sighs> ideas. But And that's the thing. It's nobody wants to admit that interest in regular season games has diminished over time as everybody has pushed towards postseason play as being the thing that matters. Like we get this argument with baseball, like it's a random chaos generator. We get this in the NBA. What's the point until you get to the postseason? The NFL is the only one that manages to get both because of the scarcity. That's why the NFL works. You can complain about the games being spread out throughout the week and how the, the lack of concentration on a Sunday diminishes what you're watching in a certain way. But there's still only so many of these regular season games that matter. I mean, we're talking about teams like the Buffalo Bills that can be on the precipice of being in or out on a week-to-week -week basis. That generates interest. 
we'll get to the Carolina Hurricanes in a little bit. Like right now, they're, I think, sixth in the Metro, if I'm looking at the standings correct after a four-game losing streak. Um, but I'm not necessarily worried about the Carolina Panthers or the Carolina Hurricanes right now because the Carolina Hurricanes need to kind of get their act together and then we can really start worrying. They got to get their stuff right right now. I will say but this. Back to the, but back to the ACC. If if you if everybody recognizes that the regular season product is not generating interest, and you have TV executives that go like, "Well, why can't Duke and Carolina play three times, four times?" Well, there's a way to do that if you get out of your comfort level and create things like a split tournament at MSG in the Greensboro Coliseum. I will say this for the NBA: you said interest. Mm-hmm. Part of that is player interest. They bought into this, by the, the way. Players did. Yes. So on that front, it was a success for Adam Silver. I don't necessarily think you have that problem in college basketball, but college basketball could use bigger events. And yes, I, the idea, like we'll see this week with Carolina and Kentucky mm-hmm. and UCLA being in a the same site. But the problem with those games is they're just one-off games. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the big four was, yeah, guess what? The next day you come back and the winners play. Yeah. So there's something to that. The, these MTE events in in college basketball now, there, there's no there's no stakes. No, none none whatsoever. Absolutely none whatsoever. Relegation might help, but of course this is America. We ain't doing relegation. Yeah, we ain't. We just ain't doing that. It is the holiday season. You're doing a lot of running around or like me, you're doing a lot of driving around for hockey games and various other stuff. Drop on by breeze through. Yes, gas is important, but you need coffee. You need the hydration. You need a snack. They've got it all at breeze through locations across triangle locations across North Carolina. So go check them out. And we have to figure out, do we want to do another after dark? Like after a Carolina state basketball game? Potentially. Does that hit the same? I, will, I thought this was part of the survey. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we can always go to Chapel Hill, too. I think we're welcome there at some point. I think we might have something cooking for Chapel okay. Hill. We might have something cooking for Chapel Hill. And, of course, the Butcher's Market, thanks to them. say, we, we got sponsoring. Cooking with Kenneth. I told him, as long as we have an Ethernet cord, we can get this thing done are over we, at the new location, Lake Boone. Are we doing a show for the meat locker? No, nobody needs to go in the meat locker. <laughs> the visual. I worry about you sometimes. Do it for the YouTubes. <laughs> Who doesn't want a hanging, a hanging tenderloin of beef behind you while doing just, a show? Just play clips of Rocky. You don't need yeah. you don't need to be in the meat locker. Yeah, Kenneth is worried about us being in the meat locker. So yeah, I guess there's contamination. Let's not let's not make our person be upset. Let's just do okay. the right thing. I'm with you. on Do that. a show from the butcher's market. They have a new location, Lake Boone Trail. Yeah, go check them out. Get yourself ready for Christmas. Uh, our friend Al. And, and Kathleen, I saw mm-hmm. their tweets about all the things they found a certain type of sausage that they were excited yeah, about. And I was like, sausage, yeah. Listen, listen, you never know until you try it. Mm-hmm. Like they have everything they pick is really, really good. So go check them out. The Butcher's Market, new location on Lake Boone. What's up next? What's up next? Speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes, four game losing streak. Mm. Not great. Not mm. great. Not great, Bob. And I saw the news and observer that there was a players only meeting. We've hit, we've hit that portion of the programming where the players in the locker room and talking about how, you know, this, we can't keep doing this. We need complete buy-in. Even Rod Brindamore is over it. Like after the most recent loss to Vancouver over the weekend, uh, they tried to spin it with like, Hey, but that was a great third period. Right. I mean, you like the way they played in the third period. 
right? And Rod's like, yeah, that was nice, but. You know, it's, I don't know, it's tough because you, you got to play 60 minutes, right? And uh, can't, like I said, it's, you know, when you just give a goal here or there, it's right now we, we don't have that margin, right? So that's been the, the interesting thing. Um, but at the end of the day, too, our, our, we got to get more out of some of our guys. Our top guys are not, I don't think they're scoring. They're not really contributing offensively, which is making it hard, you know, so. I like the third, though. That was, you know, he dug in and, you know, just didn't get it. So that was Rod Brendan Moore after the most recent loss. That is a four-game losing streak. You'll remember last November, the Carolina Hurricanes entered into a five-game losing streak, but then they just absolutely crushed it after that. I don't see where people would believe they can replicate that turnaround as much as they did last year, this year, because there are some inherent problems. We talked about goaltending last week, Joe. Peter Kochekov and Antti Ranta are essentially two backup goalies while their main guy, Freddie Anderson, is out with the blood clotting issue and we don't know when he's going to come back. Ranta is 3.4 goals against, 0.86 save percentage. Kochekov is 3.1, two goals against, and an 8.73 save percentage. Goaltending is the obvious issue, but I do think that the Canes have some other problems that are coming home to roost right now. And a lot of it is the classic Sidney Lowism, man. Your best players have to be your best players. I know that Andrei Svechnikov has been missing some time with injury, but that doesn't absolve guys like Sebastian Ajo who have come up very, very... Uh, leaving you wanting more based on what we've seen so far out of the Canes. I think it starts on the defensive side. This is a yes. team that their identity has been the best defense in the NHL, no matter who the goalie is. And the goalies have struggled. There's no question about that. They've, mm -hmm. they've been pick whatever metric you want. They've been off the charts bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a, one of our listeners that pointed out, uh, pointed out a uh, expected goals yeah. for against. They're like two of the and three worst like or last. two of the four worst. Yeah. They're terrible. They're, they're bad. Okay. But part of that is how the, the people play in front of you. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see this idea of, you know, they, they dress seven. Are they finding the right pairings? Are they finding the right moves? Orloff was a, was a bonus addition this summer. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying they, they've what's up with Pesci. Mm -hmm. He's not getting paid. He wants to get paid. Sometimes you just bring a guy back like they did with Justin Falk. And maybe sometimes that guy ain't pouring it out for you. Yeah. I don't know the nitty gritty of what is wrong with what they're doing. I can tell you though, that their process is off mm -hmm. and that is what bothers Rod Brendamore. Like if he thought, Oh, I could, again, let's go trade for Patrick Waugh and, and Marty Brodeur. We'll, we'll solve the, the world's problems right now. I don't think that's the answer. No. The interesting part on the offensive side, and we've, we've had this conversation is Sebastian Ajo good enough to be your best player. And, the way that he scores goals, I would say no. Well, here's my question. I'm going to flip it. But you have to, is if Sebastian, this just gets into our Bryce Young conversations, that you have to have the right people around him. Well, is it the right people around him? Or also, also, I think it's something that I think is okay to discuss because we've seen the results in the postseason when things start to get really, really tight and everything's at a premium and you need guys to step up and elevate. Carolina Hurricanes and how they play under Rod Brindamore is very tied to the said system. Yeah. And hockey knowers will tell you that it is yet to be resolved if a guy like Sebastian Ajo can elevate to that level or he's handcuffed by the way the Hurricanes want to play hockey. 
And do you just let, do you let it, because right now their whole entire shtick is let's just cause chaos in front of the net. And you have to, you know, people are looking to score rather than playing within the system. Rod's brought this stuff up in the past as well. And you, and it starts from the goal math out, strong defense, just locking things down, suffocating you. It's like it, when it's on, it's really fun to watch and it's miserable for the opponents. But when it's not all cylinders clicking, do you allow for a little freelancing? Do you allow for Aho to be like, all right, I'm just going to go win this damn game? Sure. Well, and I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I am not deeply versed in hockey to know this. It's just what I see other teams play the Canes, and you see the teams that ultimately go pretty far in the playoffs. You see a level of play from their best players that absolutely take over. And I don't know if the Hurricanes are allowing that to happen. I think there's also a book on the Canes now. Oh, how you have to play against the Canes and and giving up the puck, Mm -hmm. making it harder for them to basically forecheck you on your end of the ice. So that there's there's a book there. And I think teams adjust. I think the Canes will adjust. But to your point about, is there something wrong with the system? I don't think so. I mean, the idea of let's just keep getting pucks at the net. Let's keep getting traffic. Let's puck possession. Like, mm-hmm. this is not rocket science the way that they want to play. It's not. But it's a very, it requires a very specific effort, which and they're not getting right now. They're not getting it right. also requires your defense to not be sloppy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's where I raise an eyebrow a little bit. Some of the Orlov stuff like, okay. You're, you're he's an outstanding player, but he's used to playing a different way. Yeah. And, and I, they've been sloppy on defense, which has not been what they do. And so I, I think they have to solve that first. There's probably not a magic bullet short of Freddie coming back. And uh, that's a, a nebulous situation where yeah, you, you want that guy to have the best possible yes. health. For him, because we talk about blood cutting. This is not a groin. This is no. not an ankle. This you get is not one aspect of that wrong. Yeah. It's a wrap, man. Correct. So, you know, that's a that's a precarious position to be in with with you know, one of your most important players. But to your point about the system, you know, their bet was that their players that they went with, mm-hmm. Natchez, Svetch, Aho, were going to be good enough to score enough goals to carry them. We haven't seen that yet at the level when you're starting, when you're talking about Colorado, you're talking about Edmonton, mm-hmm. you're talking about the high end teams and the way that they play, even Boston, how they rely on their, their top end, the way that they do, mm-hmm. you know? So I, that's a fair question about Sebastian Ajo. I think if you accept that Sebastian Ajo is not Connor McDavid or, you know, <laughs> who is man, right. That's what I'm saying. Like at some point you just have to be, understand who he is yeah. and what makes him better. And if you are doing what's best to help him, Svetch needs to, and, and it's tough because he's coming off an ACL. And even though he's back playing, doesn't mean he's fully healed from the ACL, by the way. So that's where you need an HS, a cook and Yemi and, and Turbo played the way that he did at the beginning of the season. That's a little bit of fool's gold. A little bit. He even said that like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to score at this same rate the whole season. It's not who he is. is. It's not who he is. You know, that's where you kind of got to look. Seth Jarvis is a guy who I I think is elevating his game. Um, But, you know, ultimately you're not talking about one of the most skilled players in the history of the world. You're talking about a guy who's plays hard, plays fast and fits into what they do. Mm -hmm. Big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. Check them out. Bugsbite.com. I actually drive past the, uh, Pest Authority office offices yeah. on uh, on 440 when I'm taking the kids to school. And look, local company, Hayes, an OG OG, catch them at state games, catch them around town. 
and they can take care of you, uh, whether it's protecting your home, not just you know your usual upkeep with uh, pest maintenance. We're talking about making sure that termites don't affect your house, making sure that when it's mosquito season again, you can go above and beyond with things like misting systems. So all these things in play, check them out, bugsbite.com. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out online at oakwoodpizzabox.com. Can't recommend the square pizza enough, but low-key, the Caesar salad is one of the best Caesar salads mm-hmm. you're going to find anywhere in the triangle. This is not a bag salad. No, no, no. Homemade breadcrumbs. Yep. Homemade dressing. Yep. Yeah. And the romaine is like romaine. Okay. Not just like bag stuff that they just throw onto a plate. It's Anthony, good stuff. Anthony gets his his basil, basil yeah. from Hawaii. I love okay. that. Like I love that. This is not somebody who there are there are no half measures with Anthony. Much different from us. We're all about half measures. We are. Let's go to Matt on threads. My 12-year-old son asked for some sports paraphernalia for Christmas, specifically some mini helmets to put around his room. I asked him if he wanted a Panthers helmet, and he said, nah. Maybe a UNC one. And that's even after being at that UVA game. Even <laughs> kids have given up on caring about the Panthers. And that will take a long time to recover from. Yeah, when you lose the youths. I believe the children are our future. Yeah, if you're not doing it, if, if the kids aren't into you, man, it's a wrap. It's a young man's game out there. Uh, from JDB, the sports gods are going to perpetually smite David Tepper for messing with the triangle's best chance at a second pro team. I'm like, what? NCFC curse? And he followed up. Yep. There is no believable way anyone can convince me Charlotte was the better soccer market. They could have had another Columbus, but instead they ended up with a team half the state hates. Why MLS basically said one team to NC but was fine putting a Cincinnati team with Columbus closer by 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 it is an insult too. Well, I think we kind of understand how we ended up in a world where David Tepper got a Charlotte team for MLS. He overspent. One thing MLS loves. Oh, you you want to give us in cash an expansion fee? Let's go. Unfortunately, it was just something that Stephen Malik did not have, and there was concern in MLS circles about whether or not they wanted to invite a team or grant a team to a group that didn't have the kind of money they're looking for out of Stephen Malik. Tepper just happens to have that money. And I think he set the market on what the expansion fee is going to be going forward. Let's go to the YouTubes. Very, very active on YouTube the last couple of weeks. But the two things that stuck out, actually one main thing that stuck out. This is from Timmy Ann. I know Joe O would be into that creepy Disney neighborhood as soon as I read about it. I want to be a as far away from it as I possibly can, from story living and imagineers as I possibly can. And then Steve followed up saying, watching Jillio lose it made my day. I'm still smiling and chuckling over that. I think Joe Ovius needs a clip of that sound and make it his new ringtone for any time Jillio calls or texts. Because yes, you did lose it. Especially after I was like, no more Aaron Rodgers. Okay, cool. Let's talk about Disney. You're like, no! That's not the answer. No! <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that Disney place. It's not that far from Ken, by the way. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. So maybe we could go out and visit. So I would net. I love visiting the parks, man. Absolutely love visiting the parks. You, of course, are not somebody who cares about visiting the parks. If it didn't cost me both of my kidneys There's to that. do it, There's maybe that. I would enjoy it. Would I Your want- brother probably has it right, though, with 
the this, annual the pass. pass holder. You get a yeah. pass. You save yourself some money. You just go, and you go when you want. And you go when you're ready. I would never live at a place like that. I don't believe. It. Did you did you ever watch Truman Show? Yeah. The Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Where he was living his life on a TV set. So Disney's done this before. There's a town in Florida called Celebration, just outside the park. And Celebration. Why do you torture me like this? Why? How am I torturing you? How am I torturing you? Why do you torture me? <laughs> I'm telling you this to to you would appreciate it. You would appreciate it. Like if you ever went to Celebration, you would think that it was almost like not a cult per se. Not a cult, but it's very, very creepy. Very creepy. Doctor. Very creepy. Heal thyself, doctor. Come and when, the minute I was like, I can totally live in Celebration, Florida, until I went through the time. I made Kelly, I made, I made Kelly drive through Celebration years ago, like 20 years ago. And once I drove through, I went, mm, man, I don't know. This could all be one big stunt. And next thing you know, we're going to be part of some sort of Disney reality show without realizing it. Everything is, is cooked, right? Is cooked. Our friend Jeremy Markovich actually wrote about this on his NC Rabbit Hole newsletter. And there's been a weird history between the state of North Carolina and Disney and how business leaders, state politicians have tried to bring Disney here. You know, there were rumors that the original Magic Kingdom could have been here. There was the Disney America debacle, right? All of this is to say, here's where I'm leading. I'm, I'm bringing I, you in. I feel like I'm bringing you in, Joe. On. <laughs> I'm bringing you in. Got it down. Trying not to break. Are you ready? Like, this is where I'm bringing you in. This is where I'm bringing you in. It's all. It's all leading to this part about it. Apparently, at one point in time, according to Jeremy, that Randy Parton Theater, Carolina Crossroads, mm. Roanoke Rapids area, was targeted, or at least offered as like a, hey, here's this land where you can build stuff for Disney. All right. Now, of course, that all fell apart in the '90s, but that land still exists, and that. Theater is still sitting there with nothing going on. How has there not been development for a casino yet? Has there not been somebody pushing to take that area and completely transform it before Virginia starts? I mean, you you drive to Virginia all the time. How is this not? How are people not fighting for this yet? Tom Dundon's out here buying the backyard bistro. You tell me you can't do something bigger with all that land out there. That's what that's for. Why won't Tom Dundon buy the Randy Parton Theater? Once you can gamble on your phone, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Shouts to our friend Joey. Went up to Washington this weekend to see how the Capitals and Wizards handle yeah. their in, re in arena stuff. One, one interesting point there was the only way to gamble at the arena, which is where the ACC tournament is, mm -hmm. is to have that arena app. It has to be in Caesar's app. Oh, okay. So that's our, we're looking into our future then. Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know if it'll work that way in North Carolina or not, but we'll find out once they, you know, stop dragging their feet. So <laughs> I had to have that conversation with one of the hockey dads. Shout out to Aaron. And he put me on a prize picks, which is like a daily yeah. fantasy parlay. He's all about parlays. You would yeah, roll your eyes talking to Aaron. He's not a, he's not a youth. He's like our age. Okay. And I did tip him off, though, to your hustle. I said, are you doing golf? Mm. He goes, what do you mean? Golf I'm like, is the best. I said, well, Julio is all about golf. And it's not about picking who to win. It's like you just need some rando to finish in the top 15. You make some money. He goes, oh. I was like, yeah. So look that up. So this weekend, he tells me, hey, man, 
I'm in the mix. Like I picked some random guy to finish in the top 15. He's currently sitting at 12. I can turn that around real quick. So I'm just, I'm out here educating Joe, but the prize picks I was curious about, cause I guess it's just, they spit at you three players. It's all player props and you have to hit like three different. Yeah. I don't believe in any of those ever since they said the game was rigged back in the day. What game was daily rigged? fantasy, how they were had people working on the inside and well, yeah, the hook on daily, the, the hook on those daily fantasy things were you had to differentiate. No, they were, they had people working for DraftKings, assuming that their algorithm was the same at FanDuel and inside insider oh, trading. Oh, I see. I remember now. Yeah, it's all. I just knew. Not that all gambling isn't BS. I understand. It's that. all. It's all crap. Jeff. I understand. It's all a fugazi. However, I don't need. It's to all be, a fugazi. You know what fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Yeah, fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a fairy dust. It doesn't exist. Yes, it's all a fugazi. I understand that. But I'm not participating in something where the game is absolutely rigged. Because when I tried doing daily fantasy stuff, what I figured out was, oh, I'm going to have the same lineup as everybody else. You have to pick like the one like the one Hank basket game of the week where he scored two touchdowns well randomly done. for the Eagles. And that's going to be the difference between you and everybody else because you all basically have the same lineup. Kendra told him. <laughs> you go out there and score and then you can score later. I believe that's how it worked. I believe I, w- I watched that episode. So that's why I stopped playing FanDuel and DraftKings in that regard for Daily Fantasy. Price pick seems different. No? It's all fugazi. Okay. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.